So, over the weekend, I had a lot of people find out that I'm a writer. Not that I keep it secret, but they just didn't know. Some of the people were new, that I had just met, and other people who I had known casually for quite some time. And then it kind of became a thing, but I think mostly in my own head. Let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you read my latest book, Crucify My Love. And yeah, today we're going to talk about that weird thing that happens when you're around a group of people that are mostly strangers and someone finds out that you're a writer. Because that goes, well, well, it did, but maybe not. We'll talk about that. But before we do... If you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help, especially if you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts. really helps out a lot there. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with as many people as it can. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of meeting and talking to one another. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. So, thank you to everybody who's already done that. Alrighty, so, this is just a weird thing that happened, and it was weird mostly because of my own reaction to it, and I thought that it was worth talking about on the show. So, over the weekend, we had some friends visiting, and we took them out to the restaurant, and one of our friends from Memphis was up to play music, and it was all a wonderful, you know, meet and greet, get to know each other. And at some point towards the end of the evening, we decided to go out to the back deck at the restaurant and talk, and that's where some new people discovered that I was a writer. And that wouldn't have been a problem, except for one of these people got really, really, really excited because apparently she loves fiction. She loves reading and she got very excited and started asking me all kinds of questions. And being the person that I am, I, I don't often like talking about myself, especially in a public setting. I feel awkward talking about my work in a public setting because, well, writer's life is uh, not exhilarating. But she kept asking questions and I kept answering them. And she got more and more excited. And the more she got excited, the more she called people over to the table and announced that Charlie was a writer. And the more people started asking questions. And so we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked and we talked some more. And the more we talked, the more frustrated I got with the entire situation. It's not that I was out with my husband and some friends and just wanted to be left alone or anything like that. It was the unwarranted praise. 
It was the excitement that I was somehow special because I sit around and play with my imaginary friends. I write that down and share it with others. There was a lot of excitement, a lot of questions, a lot of interest. And the more they talked, the more questions they asked, the more special they treated me. And that, in the end, is where I really had a problem, because I kept trying to explain to them that it, it's not something special. Like, I write because I want to. It's because, you know, I have to. There, there, there are these stories in my head. They just scratch at me until I actually give them some kind of a form, and that doesn't make me special, and they wouldn't take that for an answer. They wouldn't accept any of the answers that I tried to give them. They wouldn't accept any of the answers that I tried to put forward because they had already decided how they were going to treat me because I was a writer. And I'm one of those people. I don't take compliments. Well, I don't take, I, I really don't. I don't know how to react when people say nice things, especially to my face. It's, it's unnerving for me. And so as the night went on, I wilted and kind of collapsed in on myself because they kept saying nice things. And then, of course, it inevitably happened. Someone brought up how they had always wanted to be a writer, and that discussion started. And that's a discussion that I really don't look forward to because it... it I've had it so much, I know which ways it's going to go. There are only a few paths that that can go down. Usually, the writing seems easy. I just don't have the time. And there I was, not necessarily trapped, but frozen. I couldn't move. I didn't know what to do. I was like a deer, locked, staring at the car coming at me, knowing that it will hit me, it will toss me in the air, it will spill all of my vital essence all over the place and leave me hollow, empty, and broken. But I couldn't move, because I didn't know to do. You see, I don't do uh, book signings in town, in the town I live in. Now, don't get me wrong, I did when my first couple books came out, but after some experiences that, if you want, I can recount on future episodes. I have actually recounted them in the past, but let's just say some unsavory in incidents at some of these. I had decided that I would no longer do those. And so, you know, in the small town that I live in, there aren't all that many people that know what I do. And it's not that I keep it a secret. It's not that I'm embarrassed. It's more that I don't know how to talk to others about it. I don't know how to have that conversation. Why? It's one of those things that's nearest and dearest to my heart. And when I go to a convention and I talk to people, I'm more than comfortable there 
So why, at a restaurant that we own, surrounded by people that I know, and some that I'm just getting to know, am I frozen, sitting there, not knowing how to react when these questions come up, when, if I was at a convention, I would be fine, and I would be able to talk easily and freely. The more I think about it, the more I consider exactly what causes me to freeze up like that, what causes me to get locked and lost in that internal frozen place. I realize it's that I don't feel comfortable with the people I'm talking to. You see, when I'm doing a convention, I know that the people that I'm talking to are my people. They probably write or read fan fiction. They know about various genres of fiction. They don't look down on you for being into sci-fi and fantasy and all of that. But when dealing with the public, when dealing with the world at large, you never really know exactly what they're going to think of you. You never really know exactly how they're going to take this new world that you're exposing them to. H.P. Lovecraft said the greatest fear, the greatest emotion that we have is fear, and the greatest of these is the fear of the unknown. And that's, more than anything, what causes me to freeze while having conversations with normal people, average people, people that I don't know how well they fit into the fandom world. When I'm at a convention, I can fairly safely assume quite a few things. I can't do that in public. So I don't know. And I wonder if that's what freezes a lot of us up. On social media, in public, just in general when we're wanting to share our lives and our work. Because we don't know. And if we don't know, well, can we, should we take action? Can we, should we do something? It's hard to know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to see what's going to happen. And so we just freeze and we sit there. So you're a writer. Tell me more. And there we are just frozen. So yeah, it was a weird experience. And it's an experience I think a lot of us have had, especially when talking with people outside of that safe circle. Yet part of it's being an introvert, because I definitely am quite introverted. Though there are many people that don't believe that. When we're dealing with people that we don't know what the reaction's going to be, especially with the kind of fiction that I write, because she, she and several of the others kept saying, I really want to read your books and living in a conservative area of the country. You know, I write, char- I write with openly LGBT characters, and I, I don't know how that's going to rebound on me living here. 
And so there's a lot that I have to do and a lot of barriers that I have to put up. It's not just being a writer. It's about outing myself. And well, I'm not really in. I mean, when you meet me, you kind of know that I'm not a cisgendered heterosexual person. But that's not the same as openly telling a stranger who I am. And that's really the trick now, isn't it? I don't know how it is for you, but for me, my fiction is one of the most intimate things that I share with the world. Inside, you can see the workings of my mind. You can see how I perceive story, how I perceive the world. You can learn a lot about me reading my fiction, if that's a thing that you want to do. Because it's all there. I know when I read my work, I can see that. You know, I tell people things like, Crucify My Love is the best book that I will ever write. And they look at me and they don't understand why I say that. It's a book about depression and my specific depression and learning to find my way out. That's actually what the three books in the series are for me. Crucify my love, sanctify my sins, and glorify my name. It's the path that I've taken to walk out of depression, at least this time. I didn't realize that when I was writing them. It was just something that I realized while going through and working on them. How close they were to me, and exactly what the various characters and elements meant. That is personal. You can see that in all of my work. It's one of the reasons why I'm working on a rewrite of The Chain right now, because I realized in rereading it, while thinking about doing some work on the next book in that series, that in a lot of ways, the plot of that book is about my own internalized transphobia. Even though I saw it as a very gender-fluid, open kind of a book. Once I actually came out, I read that book very differently. And I don't know if anybody else would. I've never heard anybody else say it to me, but I look at that book and I see it in a different way. I see what it says about me when I wrote it. And I want to do better by those characters. I want to do justice for those characters. And so I work on it and I try to rewrite it and I'm trying to make it better. And so here we are working on these things, trying to improve them, trying to make them better. But at the same time, there's that stranger looking me in the face, that stranger sincerely asking, can you share with me your deepest, darkest feelings? Can you open up to me and tell me the most intimate details of your life? Now, they didn't know they were doing that. At the time, I didn't know they were doing that. But because my work and my life are so intertwined with each other, and so much of the thoughts and ideas that I have about the world get put in there, that vulnerability sitting at that table in public, around people that... I can't be sure exactly how they're going to respond to any of the answers that I might give to any of the questions that they're asking. It's paralyzing. 
Now, the good news is I decided to open up. I told I told her everything. I told her stuff that about how the books were written, why the books were written. I answered every question that she gave me as openly and honestly as I could. And the best thing was her reaction. She got misty-eyed and started telling me about her brother, who was gay, who died of AIDS in the 90s, and how proud she was of him, even though her family wasn't. And she opened up and she shared her story with me. And it's a story that I never would have heard if I hadn't been open. It's a connection that I never would have made if I hadn't been vulnerable and willing to connect. So you're a writer, tell me more. Such a simple question caused me to open up because I don't know how else to talk about my work than to be honest about it. I mean, I can tell you the plot synopses and things like that, but especially if somebody's interested, they ask questions that go a little bit deeper. And it's those deeper questions that reveal those things that you know, maybe you don't want to talk about in the middle of a restaurant on a Saturday night. But at least in this one case, at least in this one instance, it was a good thing to do. It brought catharsis to several people. Other people shared their stories of not necessarily being writers and what that means to them and how they come up with their ideas and what their stories are really about and all of that, but my personal stories that I shared in discussing my fiction opened them up to share some of their personal stories. And there was a lot of catharsis sitting around that table that night. And at the end of the evening, we all hugged and went our separate ways, new friends, hopefully for a while. It was a frightening night at first. It was paralyzing. I didn't know what to do. Have you ever had one of those moments? Have you ever felt that? How do you react when somebody comes up to you and asks you what you do for a living? Or when somebody first discovers that you do something creative? Because it's a strange experience. It's like when people find out that I knit. They have all kinds of crazy questions for me. Not always good ones, not always healthy ones, not always questions that I want to answer. But, yeah, they ask questions. They open up. And that opening changes everything. And that, to me, is why I think we all need to be honest about our creativity when safely possible. Because whether you're talking about writing poetry or painting or cooking, because I see this happen when my husband talks about his passion for cooking, being a chef and all, and a restaurateur, I see this thing happen in other people's eyes, where they connect with those things that they may not have connected with in a very long time, when they let themselves remember those things that they loved to do. When they reconnect with themselves. Because after all, that's what creativity really is. It's connecting with yourself and sharing those deep things with the outside world. 
whether that be through food, through clay, through paint, through a touch screen as you're drawing an image, through a poem, a short story, a book, through knitting, whatever it is, you're sharing yourself. That's not always a bad thing. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, and you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast and whatever app you're listening to me on really does help out a lot. If you've got a dollar you can pass my way, you'll find in the show notes a link to both the community support page and my Patreon. The difference between the two is people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's already done that. It really does help out a lot. That is the primary way that I make an income other than ads on the podcast. So thank you. And of course, if I ever got to a point where I was making enough just off of the community support, I would probably get rid of the ads. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, then that's okay. But if you know anybody that you think would like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot too. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes you'll find a link to the to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you'd like to hit me up on social media, I am C.E. Dorset on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.